here in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2 tonight. I don't expect to be very long tonight. This is kind of one of those elementary thoughts, and uh, I think it'll be a blessing. Did I say chapter 2? When you're, if you get to chapter 2, if you go two chapters over to chapter 4, uh, that's, that's where we're at tonight. Philippians chapter number 4. <laughs> After the last service, I keep thinking I'm repeating myself. So anyway, but uh, tell you what. All right, tonight, let's go ahead and pray and uh, we'll get started. Church family, every service, I guess, uh, I don't have to say anything, but I want to mention to you, please keep in prayer the church plant in Topeka. You know, still trying to find out what the Lord's will as far as a place and, of course, the, all the other things that go along with that. But again, it, it'll come, just a matter of time, but keep it at the top of your prayer list to be praying for that. And then um, uh, the other thing I just might want to mention is we're getting closer on that. I've had two or three people ask about the uh, digital giving, and um, I don't usually get into all that um, I like techie stuff, but I haven't taken our church that direction. And so, anyway, just uh, the screens are next, and we're moving the pulpit out of the way, and I'm going <laughs> to sit on a stool, if you don't mind. And I'm anxious to get rid of the tie, and so um, I plan on wearing my blue jeans that I don't have yet. Um, so I just, I'm looking forward to it. And so, uh, but anyway, I don't, I'm not sure when that will happen, but uh, <laughs> not in my lifetime, but anyway. Okay, Philippians chapter number four. If you'll just look at one verse, it's probably the most familiar out of the chapter, chapter four, verse number four. Paul tells the Philippian church, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know it by heart. Let's say it together. You ready? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the Bible. And thank you that every word is important. Lord, every phrase, every thought. Lord, I should please now use it in our hearts and lives tonight. Father, thank you again for letting the Morgans come through. Lord, it's just a joy to see their family and people that are surrendered to this, your service. And Lord, again, it's a blessing to have visitors tonight and the church family. And Lord, just thank you again that we can be a family. I just ask you to please now uh, use your word. Help us not to be sidetracked. And Lord, may uh, the things of the day not uh, cause our focus to miss what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, in Philippians chapter 4, he says this phrase twice. In fact, in chapter number 3, we had a message not too long ago. In chapter 3, verse number 1, and you, if you remember the message, let, let me repeat myself. That was chapter 3, verse number 1. He said, for me to say the same things to you is not grievous, but for you it is safe. But in that same verse, he says, rejoice in the Lord. In chapter 4, verse number 4, he's telling the, the church again um, to, 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 again, to put their joy in the Lord. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we put our joy in things, or we put our joy in money, or we put joy in our job, or in, and even, even some, to an extent, we put our joy in our family. And, what it, is, and it is a joy uh, to have relationships. But God, he wants us to have our joy in him. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, we would make it through um, the trials and problems that we have in our life if we keep our joy in the right spot. And it goes, it goes back to that people, uh, they live their life on happiness instead of joy. And happiness is based on happenings. In other words, what happens in my life is, is going to determine whether or not I can have a good day or not. And that's not the Christian's life. The Christian's life is supposed to be one of joy. And, not, and, not, and it's not that we're not happy because of happenings, but, but that's not really what we're dependent upon. And we, we, we know where our joy comes from, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Our joy comes from being uh, filled with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God having control in our life. That's where the joy comes. Um, I made the statement here, and I was preaching out this week too, and I made the statement there, but it's funny that there are certain people that, what, in this next statement, it epitomizes them. There are certain people, they walk into the room, they bring joy. There's other people, when they walk out of the room, they bring joy. And uh, it's just because of their demeanor. It's their, and it's not just their personality. It's what's going on inside. It's what's going on inside that causes them that every time a 
happy statement is made, they want to make an unhappy statement. A person says, you know, something is going good and they want to autom automatically say, well, not really. It's, it's just that it's just, they're not filled with the Spirit of God. You know, you talk about joy robbers in the Christian life, and I think there's many of them mentioned in the book of Philippians. Sin is always a joy robber. When you're not, when you're not, when you're not right with God, you're not going to be happy. All right? There, it's just a joy robber. Um, there, people can be joy robbers. Um, circumstances can be joy robbers in the Christian life. But can I just tell you tonight, we're supposed to be happy Christians. And, and listen, I, I, one thing about church and one thing about church family, I like it that we can enjoy each other, that we can have joy, we can tease, we can, uh, we can have fun together, all right? And uh, those things are good. And there are always times of valleys. I mean, I wish the Christian life was all mountaintops, but it can't be all mountaintops. And there's going to be times that you're going to go through either something physical or spiritual uh, as far as an attack of Satan. Sometimes it's financial. You're going to go through some times like that. But as a Christian, you don't have to lose your joy because your joy is in something bigger than your circumstance. Your joy is in the Lord. All right. You saved tonight? Then you have joy. Your name's written in heaven? Then you have joy. You have a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you? Then you have joy. All right. And of course, if you've got God, you've got joy. So tonight, let me just point out some things that Paul said in order for the Philippian church to keep their joy. They're in the preceding verses or following verses in this chapter. So he says in verse number four, rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say rejoice. And then right after that, here's what he says. Look at verse number five. He says, let your moderation be made known unto all men. What's the last phrase of verse number five? Say it out loud. All right, now, church room, I want to tell you how you keep your joy intact, Okay. The first thing is that Paul says this. He says, Lord's at hand. I want to tell you what you need. You need to remember the Lord's coming back. Amen. I want to tell you something. It would take care of a lot of the problems that you're thinking about if you would just remember uh, you're not staying here. This is not your home. You're going to heaven. And you're either going to go to heaven by death or by the rapture, but praise the Lord, this is not my permanent residency. And, and so Paul says, remember the Lord is at hand. Okay, so you had a financial cut at work. Well, this, you're, this, you've got, you're going to walk on streets of gold. All right, so the financial cut's not that big. Just because uh, your sickness is not filling very well. Well, one day you're going to have a glorified body. You won't be sick at all. So Paul tells them, rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometimes, but all the time. How do you keep your joy up? Remember the Lord's coming back. You know, I don't know, again, if you pray the model prayer, but the model prayer is all about thy kingdom come. You start the day that way. You end your prayers that way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Can I just tell you, you need to be in a constant remembrance. The Lord's coming back. And so Paul, of course, he says, hey, listen, if you're going to have the joy of the Lord, then you need to be constantly thinking about the Lord's at hand. He can come back at any time. Hey, I want to tell you something. I stopped listening to the news right after the election. I stopped listening to the news. So I don't have to be worried about what uh, President Biden says. Now, he's our president, and I'm going to recognize him as our president, but I sure don't have to listen to him. All right, that was me speaking, by the way. That was not a Bible verse, okay? But you know what? Some, of, some people, they listen to the news so much, you're discouraged all the time. All right? Now, I want to tell you what Joe Biden needs, President Biden needs. He needs the Lord. All right? And, you know, he claims to have grown up in church and with the Bible. I'm not sure what Bible he was around, but it wasn't my Bible. Okay? You don't, do, you don't write the executive orders he's writing and claim to be a Christian. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know where that came from. But anyway... Are you all okay tonight? I'm discouraging you. I can see it. I'm discouraging you. I don't mean to discourage you, okay? I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter who's president. God's in control. He's still God. And, and he's at hand. And he could come back right now. He could come back tonight. Amen? All right? So, again, the first thing I see is this. If you want to keep your joy, keep a constant remembrance. The Lord's coming back. 
a constant remembrance. I'm going to be with him forever. Look what Paul says next. He says, first of all, make sure you remember the Lord's at hand. Verse number six. Be careful for what? Nothing. Nothing. How do you do that? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And if you do that, what's going to happen? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your what? Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. All right, so there's much to be said in those verses, verse 6 and 7. We can talk about the peace of God and what that does. We can talk about the three things mentioned in there as far as in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. But can I just put it real simply? If you want to keep your joy where it needs to stay, you ought to be praying. You know, you need to remember the Lord's coming back and you need to pray, casting all your care upon what? Why? For he careth for you. Hey, you know what? Whatever your problem is, the first person you ought to be telling is the Lord. You know, we have a problem. The first, person, the first thing we want to do is pick up the phone and call somebody that we think are close to us. Well, guess who's close to you? The Lord's close to you. So you can keep your joy, and the best way to keep your joy is how? Be careful for nothing. How do I not worry? Not, careful there means anxious, means worried. How do I not get worried about what's going on in our country? How do I not get worried about what's going on at work? It's real simple. He says, be careful for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication. Go to God with it. Hey, God, God can do something about it. You know, pastoring the church here, oftentimes there's a problem. Sometimes there's a problem in the school, and it's amazing. Everybody wants to try to take care of the problem except talking to the person who can take care of the problem. It's like being in a home. You know, your children want to go to one another as if the child can take care of the problem. Child can't take care of the problem. Parent can take care of the problem. Hey, guess what? You know what, as a Christian, I know somebody who can take care of the problem. It's God. And God can take care of all of our problems. And so when it comes to rejoicing in the Lord, how do you keep your joy? I want to tell you how to keep your joy. Remember the Lord's coming back. I want to tell you how to keep your joy. Go to God with your problem. Pray. Talk to him. All right? And he wants to hear and he'll, and he'll do something. Look at the next thing he says. Not only he says pray, verse number eight. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are. Let's go ahead and go through them together. Ready? Finally, what's, brethren, whatsoever things are. True, whatsoever things are. Whatsoever things are. Whatsoever things are. Whatsoever things are. Whatsoever things are of, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what should you do? Okay, can I tell you the reason most people get discouraged because things they're thinking on. Romans chapter 8 tells us that you're either minding things that are of earthly things or you're minding things that are spiritual things. So what does Paul say? You want to rejoice in the Lord, think on these things. I want to tell you something, that verse will probably wipe out your television. That verse will probably wipe out your internet. That verse will probably wipe out your social media. I'm sorry, social media is always true. What am I thinking? And social media is always lovely. And social media is always of good report. So, I mean, you probably should keep that up. You know, I, I get a kick. Everybody always asks, you know, are you on Facebook? And, I, and, I, and when someone does that, it's not a hobby horse for me, so I don't. I don't get on it, you know. If someone says, hey, can I, can, you, you need to well, get on our Facebook, Facebook and watch us on Facebook. Well, I couldn't get on Facebook if I wanted to because I don't even know how to get on Facebook. Amen. All right? I have a book and I got a face, but it's not on Facebook. <laughs> okay? And this thing of uh, social media, you know, it, this, is, this is my opinion. Social media has, has been, it, to me, it's like a big selfie is what it is. You want everybody to know how good you are and God knows how bad you are, okay? 
And I want to tell you, we, we on the social media, we talk about things that don't need to be talked about, all right? I always get a kick out of these people that they're always on social media and they want to tell everybody what they're having for lunch. We could care less what you're having for lunch. I mean, do you really think they read, I had pizza today, and everybody stops and says, oh, wow. That's nuts. See, some of you are nuts. I can tell because you're not reacting at all. You probably do stupid stuff like that, all right? They don't care about your lunch. They just want you to know. All right? And all those people you think that are your friends because they friended you, they're not even your friend. They're reading your post so they can find out what they can tell other people on how bad you're doing. Okay, that went over well. So can I just tell you the kind of things you ought to be thinking about in order to cause you to have joy in your life are the things that are true. Hey, guess what? That book's true right there. Because let God be true and every man a liar. We've got a book that we can read. Whatsoever things are lovely. That book's lovely. That book's of a good report. That book has virtue. That book has praise. I want to tell you, we're putting our nose in the wrong place. And then you're wondering, why are you so unhappy all the time? Because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses of what you read in social media. Or you're listening to the news. And you're so discouraged about all the stuff that you're putting in. Because you're thinking about the wrong things. Hey, church family, I love the church family here, but can I tell you something? What's going on in the personal life of another church member is really not, your, really not any of your business. If they want to share it with you, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep, that's one thing. But this thing of trying to find out what everybody else is doing, you're going to cause yourself to think on wrong things, and you're not going to have the joy of the Lord. Amen. You ought to be happy. Amen. My wife and I uh, uh, traded our van and got another vehicle, and one of the church members, they're here tonight. I hope you don't, I don't take offense to what I'm saying. <clears throat> But they, they told me, they said, that's the ugliest car I've ever seen. <laughs> and I want to be honest with you, I went home and told my wife, I am so glad they think that car is ugly. <laughs> because the last thing I want is, I don't want you to think the pastor's driving some fancy car. So from now on, all my cars are going to be ugly. <laughs> it's taken care of. Can I just tell you, you can't allow things of what's going on. You've got to put the right things in. You, you can be a happy Christian. All right? How do you be a happy Christian? How do you have the joy of the Lord? First of all, remember, he's coming back again. Second of all, pray. Give your problem to God. Third of all, think on these things. Think on things that are of good report so that you can be happy and not so discouraged all the time. Look what he says last now in verse number 9. In verse 9, he says, those things which ye have, now Paul's talking to the Philippian church, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what's the next word? Do. Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, can I tell you, if you're going to have the joy of the Lord, you ought to be doing. All right, and Apostle Paul, he specifically tells them what kind of do, D-O, you should be doing. You should do what I'm doing. And by the way, he's talking to the church at Philippi. And he said, let me just read it so I don't say it wrong here. In verse number nine, the things that he told the church at Philippi, he said, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen. Now, church, let me think for a moment here. The church at Philippi was established because Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 was in Philippi. Lydia gets saved. They cast out a devil. Then they're thrown in prison. And that's where the, that's where the Philippian jailer gets saved. And then when they're let loose, they leave. And yet in that short amount of time that Paul was in that town of Philippi, a church is established, and now he's writing back to the church. He says, now listen, in the time that I was there, the things that you've seen, the things that you've heard, the things that you've learned, do them. 
Well, what did Paul do in his short stay while he was in Philippi? I want to tell you what he did. He told people about Jesus Christ because Lydia got saved. He told people about Jesus Christ because the Philippian jailer got saved. Hey, can I tell you something? You'd be a happier Christian if you were telling people about Jesus Christ Amen. instead of telling everybody your problems. Amen. Instead of being a gossip and telling, you know, what bad that you know about somebody else because you're jealous about their life. I want to get, get busy for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, I know we're in COVID, but there's still gospel tracks in the rack. Last time I checked. Amen. There's still lost people outside these walls. That's last time I checked. Hey, this is not a time for us to get slow or get lackadaisical in our Christian life. And I want to tell you something, the happy Christian is the person that's doing something. Sure. Doing something. Listen, tomorrow night, I, I, I want to just encourage you to come, but tomorrow night, soul winning training. I know that there's a lot of our outreach ministries that are not going on right now, but I'm just telling you the population of the world hadn't stopped. Lawrence, Kansas is still here. Topeka is still here. Eudora is still here. Ottawa is still here. Lecompton is still here. I'm just telling you the surrounding communities are still here. And I know that we live in community. I had somebody that's coming to the church here, was visiting, forgive me for my memory, but he was visiting the church here, and they say, uh, I've read some of the posts about your church and not very nice. Duh. They're not going to be nice. Because I want to tell you something. Most people don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. But your family, that does not take, take, take away the fact that's what we're supposed to be doing. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what he said in Mark 16, 15. In Luke 14, 23, he said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Amen. In John 15, verse number 16, he says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Amen. Now, I know some of you in here, that's, you say, well, Pastor, that's just not me. If you're saved, it's you. Amen. If you're saved, it's you. Amen, I, I hate to tell you this, okay? And I know it goes against our grain, all right? Brother Martin, one of the classes you're going to teach tomorrow, what was that one? 15 things on why soul winning is difficult. Why soul winning is difficult. Now, there's some of you in here, you think soul winning is easy. Okay, you're an odd duck, but anyway. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. It is very difficult when we do... Oh, well, my name's Scott. This is John. We're from the Heritage Baptist Church. You get a chance to go to church or no? More important than going to church, know for sure you're going to heaven. Do you know for sure if you die today you go to heaven? We don't want to talk that way. Because you know what? I can talk about the weather. I can even talk about politics. I can talk about uh, Kansas University. But as soon as I mention the name Jesus Christ, you know what people get like. Oh, sorry, we don't talk about religion. I can talk about, every, I can talk about dirty things. I can talk about anything. But mention Jesus Christ. And you know what? It goes right back to Acts chapter number uh, 4, where they did not want Peter and John to mention the name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other name. People don't want to hear the name of Jesus Christ. But church family, can I tell you something? You know where your joy is going to come from? It's going to come from doing. It's going to come from doing. And you know, doing is telling people about Jesus Christ. Doing is being a part of the family that God's placed you in as far as the Christian family and doing things here and how God's allowed us to do those things. But I want to tell you something. We get so wrapped up in the things of the world and then all of a sudden we're discouraged and we're not happy. Rejoice in the Lord how often? I'm going to tell you how you do it. Paul said, how do you rejoice in the Lord always? Man, I had a bad day today. Okay, you had a bad day. You can still rejoice. You know why? Remember, the Lord's coming back. That's right. Amen. You say, Pastor, I just had a bad day today. I can't rejoice in the Lord. Then pray about it. Talk to the Lord. Cast your burden upon him. You say, Pastor, I mean, I had a bad day. Paul says, remember. Paul says to pray. Paul says to think on these things. Find something happy to think about. Amen. Chocolate Sunday.
I was at, um, last night I was preaching over in Erie, Kansas, and they had a potluck type supper fried chicken and things of that sort. And I'm, I'm still on the stupid diet, just want you to know. And I'm not a happy person when I'm dieting. At least that's what my wife tells me. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to practice spanking tonight. I can see that right now. So anyway, we're at the potluck supper, and this, uh, in, they had dessert out there. I mean, they had a layout of dessert. They had chocolate cake. They had pecan pie, and I love, I love pecan pie. Pecan pie, because it's a nut, and nuts are, good, are healthy for you. And then uh, they had, I don't know, they had all kinds. I mean, there was just a spread of desserts. And so I'm sitting with a couple of different preachers, and they're, they're eating, and, you know, they're all sitting down. And they, you know, they did what I used to do, Okay. You, when you eat at a buffet, or buffet, you eat a church function, you always have a plate of food and you fill it up. And then when you go back up, you get a new plate and you get a plate of desserts, plural. So that's what they did. They came by and this guy, he had cake and pecan pie and a couple other things on. And the preacher sitting right, not, my, not the one I was with, but another preacher sitting right across from me. And I'm thinking to myself, this is cruel. <laughs> this is cruel. This is not right. <clears throat> but... Pastor Flippo, who was the pastor on my left, he says, I'm going to have a piece of pie. And, um, and I don't know why he said it. He said, it's sugar-free. And I said, come on, there's sugar-free pie up there? I said, yeah, there's sugar-free pie up there. He says, I don't eat sugar. Well, I knew there was something weird about him. <laughs> and that's what it is. He doesn't eat sugar. People who don't eat sugar are weird. And do I look weird right now? Yes, I look weird right now. <laughs> so anyway, so sure enough, man, a lady had made a sugar-free Peanut butter pie. Sugar-free Cool Whip, sugar-free, I don't know, whatever else was in there, but sugar-free. So I go out up there, and I said, hey, I'm going to try a piece of that. And I sure did. I'm telling you something. It tasted like the real thing. And I know it doesn't sound like that, but when you don't have sugar, everything tastes sweet. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, when you're having a hard time, go get a piece of pie. <laughs> go have some ice cream. Go eat some chocolate. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. 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 Pleasant words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I mean, God, he makes a parallel with this thing about food. God wants you to have it. See, you all are starting to feel better already. I feel it. Think about it. I mentioned ice cream and I mentioned chocolate. And some of you, you're out in Never Neverland until I say ice cream. You know why? Because that's a pleasant thought. That's a sweet thought. Let's ponder for a moment. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, you could get the joy of the Lord if you would think on the right kind of things. So what does Paul say? He says, rejoice in the Lord. He said, make sure, first of all, you remember the Lord's coming back. He says, second of all, he says, pray, give your burden to the Lord. He says, third of all, think on the right things, things that are true, things that are uh, of good report. And then last of all, he says, listen, I, the last thing that you need to do when it comes to that is this idea of doing something and doing something spiritual. That's how you rejoice in the Lord. That's how you rejoice in the Lord. Church family, tonight, I don't think we have a, I don't think there's a bad spirit in the service. I don't think necessarily there's anybody here, but I'm going to tell you something. The devil doesn't want you to be happy. He's a joy robber. He'll do it through people. He'll do it through circumstances. He'll do it through lack of money. He'll find some way to make sure that, you, that you're not a happy Christian. But I want to tell you something. Christians ought to be happy. Christians ought to be happy. And that happiness does not come from happenings. That happiness comes because I'm a Christian. I'm saved. The joy of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. So next time you kind of get discouraged, go back to Philippians chapter 4. Start putting these things into practice. And I want to tell you, get your joy back. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?